It's good to see y'all here. It is an amazing day. Um, I've always thought when more than a billion people around the globe are coming to the table of grace and that table of love. Um, I want to share with you some scripture about the, the fellowship of believers that I think is um, where we began, where our history began in terms of the church. And it comes from Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through 47. And these are believers that, are, that have come to the church. There have been thousands that had just heard the good news and had opened their hearts and their lives to Christ. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Many signs and wonders were being done by the apostles, and all who believed were together. They had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, they gathered together at the temple, breaking bread in their homes, receiving their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And God continued to add to their number. I love um, the, way, the way the message puts it. It says, everyone around was in awe, all those wonders and signs done through the apostles, and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, having everything in common. There's, there's a graciousness there. There's a sense of family there that only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Today we are gathering together as the church. And we have many things in common. We also have many differences. But we are united by Christ, by the Holy Spirit. We are people who have good news to share. I went to a revival this weekend and... and as, as the preacher was talking, he said, you know, he says, when you've got the word of God and the spirit of God and the witness to what God is doing, powerful things can happen. That's what World Communion Sunday is about. I agree with him. We have so many ways that we can express our love for God, but one of those is not holding that love to ourselves. This is something that we can give away and give away and give away and give away and give away, and, give away, and it never depletes itself for us. It only grows more and more and more. We've been talking a lot about missions. I believe the table of grace calls us to step out in faith and to serve, to go to Guatemala, to go to Brazil and, and Cuba and Kenya and to, all, and to all these places that we have traveled as a church, to places we, we support as a church, I want to tell you about a young lady who in this church came to know Christ when she was 11, and she grew up with a call to missions on her heart. And today she and her husband are in Europe, and since 1992 they have been working building churches. They began in a place, a place called Monterosi. Y'all forgive me, I'm not Italian, I'm, I'm probably going to get these names wrong. But they have established churches in Monterosi, Viterbo, Montefiasone, Civita Castellana, Alatri, 
Fabrica de Roma and Brachiana. There's more coming. That's, that may sound like one sentence of listing that name of churches, but that's a lot of work that goes into those churches. That's 25, 26 years of serving God and trying to make it come together. They didn't just limit their efforts there, though. They got online, and they established websites that talk about what a mission is for you, what it means to plan a church, what it means to go out and serve God. And one by one by one, they've seen churches build from a group of five people. Let me have five of you stand. If the four of y'all and David will stand, from five to come a church. that sound like easy work? No, you can sit down. But with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the witness of God, powerful things can happen, and they grow in number. The websites led to other publishing efforts, and the Case for Christ was published in Italian and became the book of the year. The family that I speak of are the Carlsons, and they work with pioneers in Europe, and now they are in Brno, Czechoslovakia, spreading that church growth even more. When we gather in our churches, we begin to hear one another's stories. We begin to learn about how we are jars of clay, like in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9, which tells us that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power that belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, not driven to despair, persecuted nor forsaken, not struck down nor destroyed. We are jars of clay. Now keep in mind that clay is something that is molded and then is put through fire to be refined and become solid, but it's still vulnerable. And in our vulnerableness and in our brokenness, we often come to God, and God transforms us in a way that mighty, mighty things have been done. In Hosea 6, 1 and 2, Hosea, uh, Hosea notes that we are called to return to God because we are broken, and He will heal us. He will bind us up. He will make us of value. The Pentateuch and Exodus talk time and time again about the person on the margins, the person who isn't accepted, and people are reminded, especially in Exodus 23, don't forget that alien over there because you were once an alien in Egypt. You've been in their shoes. You know where they are. Paul would tell us how he would only be strong in his weakness because it was God's power that would give him strength. He said that he was told these words, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Do y'all stand up and say, I am not good at this. Woo, praise God. I don't do that real often. I see the, the videos that tell us to get up every day and go, I love my life, I love my job, I love my hair, I love my face, I love my friends, I love my family. Where we build ourselves up. And that's great, but sometimes I think we forget 
We have those things because we are a blessed people. We need to be standing up saying, I love my God because he heals me and he takes me in my brokenness and he takes me in my frailness and he makes me whole. He lets me come to the table of grace where we remember that his body was broken so that we can know that life and that wholeness. I love the story in the New Testament of the woman who comes to the home of the Pharisees. Jesus is there having dinner. She's heard he's there. And she goes and she comes in to see him. And this is, this is not something that would have been accepted really well. And she comes in and she begins to anoint his feet with an expensive perfume. And they start saying, you know, look, this woman has spent all this money on this perfume. She could have spent that on other stuff. But in the, in the midst of their criticism, she is simply worshiping worshiping her Lord, the one she has heard will deliver. And she has gone in to find him to anoint his feet, and she begins to cry. And her tears join the perfume. We come and we worship. We come and we enter here and we sing our praise songs and we pray and we hear a sermon and we leave having heard the word of God, praying that it will change us, but I don't know how often we stand here in tears. There are so many ways we can worship. Someone, somewhere today, is worshiping in tears because they are simply being allowed to worship. Or they are able to hide it in a way that they can go on and worship another day. Life can often be a school of hard knocks. Piaget is um, one of the great um, brains of our society that talked about how we learn from failing. When we're little, we learn that if we touch a hot stove, we don't touch that hot stove again. Amen? Hopefully we learn that. Um, he talks about how we, we learn from our failures. We learn and we move forward and we grow. And when we get out of our comfort zone and when we find things aren't comfortable because we do something we're not supposed to do and we get that look from our parents. Y'all know that look. Or from your teacher. Julie's got that look now. <laughs> we know that look's not good. And we know we need to do better. When we mess up in life, that's when we can grow. We do an exercise with the confirmation class, and uh, it's one that they get all excited because they hear they're going to get to jump, and they're going to get to jump and jump and jump. If you've been at confirmation class, um, you you've, you've know this exercise, but they're, they're first asked to stand perfectly still and without bending their knees to jump. How high do you think they get? Connor, how high do you get when you can't bend your knees? Not real high. You can't on the, well, yeah, you can't on the trampoline. There's always an out to a sermon illustration. Um, but then, then we tell them, okay, now we're going to let you have some help. We're going to let you have some energy. We're going to let you crouch way down, and then you can jump. And they go way up that wall. 
We just did this last week. And there were kids who were like, man, I don't get it. Why do I have to go so low to go so high? And I was like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you have that help, when you're down low, when, you can, when you're trying to go high and there's nothing that's helping you, you can't do it on your own. You've got to have that extra bit, that extra catalyst to get you to a higher place. And that catalyst is grace. That catalyst is the Word of God. That catalyst is gathering together as the fellowship of Jesus Christ. He had many, many people come to him who were broken. Both sides is, a, is the son of John and, and Claudette Sides, who, is, who are here in our church. And he works with a, a group that we support in missions called Global Partners in Life. And he talked, he sent a letter, um, and I don't, I, I don't have time to read the whole thing to you, but um, I'm certainly glad to forward it to you if you want. But he talks about a village in India where he went, and he met um, a leper colony. Now, this is, these are lepers. They are outcasts. They are not accepted, and they are ostracized. They don't often have a place to go for even a hot meal. And a man there who leads the colony, they call him grandfather, has very withered hands from his leprosy. But in his brokenness, he knew what it was like to be hungry. He knew what it was like to hear the word of God and to feel whole. And he began to pray about what he could do. Bo met this man. This man established a ministry that provides hot meals for people to come in and simply take a break. This is a community where 36 people have recently become Christians. 36! That's a good, solid classroom in a school. I mean, can you imagine? Just from hot meals, 36. He also met a woman named Shandi, who um, her husband had died from tuberculosis. She has five kids, all girls. Two sets of twins. Y'all just need to pray for her right there alone. But she lives in, in what they call the slums, and she, um, her home washed away during monsoon season, all but a little bitty portion of it. Now, this is a home that was built with sticks, cinder blocks, some tin. It's a lean-to. She invited Bo and his group to come into their home. And when she went in, she noticed that the one thing that had been preserved were the Bibles. And they asked her, they said, what is it like to have your home washed away? And she smiled at him. And she says, we have the joy of Jesus Christ. That's all we need. We have the joy of Jesus Christ. That truly is all we need. We are so blessed, and we are blessed to be a church that can provide support to mission groups like this because the church is still being built all throughout the world. So that on days like today, when we see the church in the world, when we see the, the billions who are coming to the table to worship Jesus Christ, to thank him for what he did for us and going to the grave for us, that we can come in our brokenness and find healing. We can come 
and we can find hope. Think about it. Who came to Christ? Was it only perfect people? Was it people who could save themselves? Or was it people like the Canaanite woman who said even the dogs deserve crumbs from the table? Jairus, whose daughter had died, and Christ simply spoke a word, and his daughter lived again. The Roman centurion, whose servant was sick, and he, he, he had more faith than the Israelites in saying, Lord, you don't even have to come to my house. If you just speak it, he will be well. And I am pleading with you on behalf of my servant, make him well. We can stand in the gap for somebody. The apostles in the storm knew that Jesus was the one who would grant them safety. The lepers in, in Scripture have come to him and, and seen healing. And he said, go and tell. Go and tell. Mary Magdalene, demon-possessed, freed from that went on to be one of the major supporters of his ministry and go on to help in building ministry town after town after town. Martha coming to Jesus and saying, you're too late. She didn't get it in her grief and in her brokenness. She said, you're too late, God. You're too late. Jesus, you weren't here. And he said, you know what? This has happened the way it is so you can see the glory of God and know who I am. There are signs and there are wonders all around us. They're in the pages of our Bible. But they're also all around us. When you see someone who has resisted Jesus Christ and all of a sudden the walls come down and they open to him. The man who preached revival last night said he did anything he could not to be like his dad and then turned exactly into him. Alcoholic, not a good husband, not a good father, all these things, and one day he looked in the mirror and he saw his father. His earthly father. His wife had been a Christian for eight years, and he, um, he went home and he said, I need to know your heavenly father. I need for him to be mine. And eventually he went from teaching five-year-olds to preaching the gospel. And he's, he's not going to stop preaching the gospel because he knows how good it is. He knows what the Word of God can do. He knows what the Spirit of God can do. And he knows what the witness of God can do. This is how this fellowship of believers built church after church after church. This is how we as a church called to mission and ministry, both through financial support and active hands-on ministry, are making the church grow so that the word is known. When we break bread, we are reminded of that night that Christ was there at the table with his disciples, that he came to them and he told them, that there was a new covenant being formed. There was a new day coming. A day when 
his body would be broken, given for us, and that we would be called to remember. He also reminded them that his blood would be spilled. They didn't understand it at first, but later they did, and they came to treasure this supper, this meal that we are going to partake in. He reminded them that day that this is a sign of his new covenant, of his blood that would be shed for us so that we could know life and know it abundantly. I want you to take one step further with me. As the church, what are we known as? The body of Christ. The body of Christ was broken for the world. In our brokenness, we can remember what God has done for us and go to the world and take that same love and grace. As we come to the table today, let God break your heart for what the world is calling out for, crying out for. Because God hears their cry and he's calling us to step out in faith. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask that you would just pour your spirit out on us. You know, we stand before you broken. We stand before you in awe of all that you have done. Sometimes we read the pages of Scripture and we say, how can this be? How can you love us so much that you would give your son Jesus Christ? We don't always understand, Lord, but we are so grateful for the love that you have for us, for the fact that when we are broken, that, that you just simply embrace us that you heal us, you bind us up, and you make us whole. Especially in times of confusion, Lord. When we're weak, we can look to you, and, and we can know that you know the path ahead. You see that path ahead. You are our strength. So as we come to the table this day, as we come and we take in your grace, let it change us. Let it remind us of your goodness, of your love, of your mercy. And let it be a call to our lives to step out with the word of God, led by the spirit of God, as we witness to all that you have done. It's in your name that the church prays. Amen.